mom. And so she called and said, how are you doing? What's going on? It's a little tumultuous right now. And I said, I just, I don't know. I don't know. And I can't say that to anybody else. I need to be strong and I need to show people that I, you know, I've got it and I know what I'm doing, but underneath the surface, I'm like a duck paddling like crazy right now, trying to figure out how to keep myself afloat. I just don't, I'm not really sure what my next steps are. And she said something so powerful that I've taken forward in every decision that I've made. And it was people, you're in the chair. There's a reason that you're in the chair. However you got there for whatever reason that you're in it doesn't matter anymore. Now you're in it and you need to own it. And own the chair became a very consistent motto and theme for all of the women that we've been able to bring on the team here at AIM since. You're listening to Batting 1000 with Dale Vermillion, where heavy hitters from mortgage, real estate, and business share their secrets for lasting success. With your host, award-winning sales strategist and industry icon, Dale Vermillion. All right, welcome to Batting 1000 with Dale Vermillion, and I am so glad to be with you guys. And as you know, on Batting 1000, we are talking to the heavy hitters in the industry, and today is, wow, I am so excited to have Katie Sweeney with us. Katie is the CEO of the Association of Independent Mortgage Experts, or AIM as it's known in the industry. Uh, Katie has a lot of background in the business. She worked uh, back in the business for Pacific Financial back in the day uh, and and knows the the industry inside and out. Uh, She was the EVP for Arrive. She became the EVP for AIM. She was quickly promoted to CEO as as a 30-something, is a leader in our industry. She was the 2020 and 2021 Housing Wire Woman of Influence, uh, part of that group, and also was on the MPA 2020 Mortgage Global 100. Katie, you have done a lot of amazing things <laughs> in a short period of time. I cannot wait to unpack this with you. It is so great to have you with us. Thanks for joining me. Yes, um, thank you so much. I'm glad we were able to get this worked out. I have been an avid listener of this podcast for a while now, so this is very exciting for me to be a part of as well. Well, I appreciate that. Well, look, let's just, let's dive right in. Look, I want to hear a little bit about your background. I I know that uh, the audience would love to hear a little bit about that. And here's what I want to unpack right from the start is let's just talk about, you know, you're leading a huge organization and, and, and you are one of the leading women in the mortgage industry. Um, I know our audience would love to hear a little bit more from you on how you got to where you're at. What are some of the key things that you value? You know, you walked into a pretty tough situation initially with AIM, and you have brought just a lot of harmony and great leadership to that organization. It's doing incredible things right now. We just want to hear from your perspective kind of, you know, how you got to where you're at. Yeah, well, I think... Probably similar to the majority of people that work in the mortgage industry, I stumbled into it. I didn't start in mortgage. I started in healthcare. Um, I think that's probably a pretty common theme for most people that you sort of accidentally wind up here without realizing it. Uh, My background is actually in definitely working with entrepreneurial organizations, but also doing a lot of behavioral studies, understanding statistics, um, building out behavioral science models, a lot of user engagement online and understanding why people make the decisions that they make, particularly when engaging with a brand or a business 
through a computer or a phone and not necessarily a person or a conversation that takes place face to face. And so I worked in that space in healthcare for a while um, and eventually found myself being recruited over to Pacific Union to work on the consumer direct team. So same concept, um, two very highly regulated industries um, and two industries that for consumers and for borrowers, it's a really big, heavy decision. And so the way that you make a decision and the way that you research and educate yourself, there is a lot in common between the healthcare space and the mortgage space, because those are things that you're not going to, you're not going to make a decision about a surgeon or an anesthesiologist, hopefully more than a handful of times in your career. And you're also probably not going to buy a house more than a handful of times in your life. So um, that was the transition that took place. I was very lucky to have a couple of really great mentors at Pacific Union that took my knowledge of the consumer direct space and really expanded it into understanding product development and application development and the way that you can build things and design things so that you educate people um, faster in a more efficient manner than it would take to staff up an entire team of people online or in an office or in a call center. And so I moved from the consumer direct team over to the technology team and was able to lead and run um, a product development group there for a little while. Um, that eventually grew itself into Arrive because I worked on building out the broker portal when Pacific Union yep. was looking at really reinvesting into the channel. Uh, the leaders at Arrive at the time saw what I had built, um, invited me to come join the Arrive team. Uh, and after about a year, year and a half, we knew that Arrive was going to best be in the hands of a true technology company. Our role in being the first group at Arrive was to create something that was a disruptor to the market. It was garnering people's attention and building out a proof of concept that then allowed a team that was really built to manage a tool and a software like that to come in and take it to the next level, which is exactly what the team that's now managing Arrive has done. So it was fun to get to design it and to do a lot of the market research and really study what do people actually need and how do we do it and how do we prove to the industry that wholesale is is growing. It's where things are shifting to. If we can eliminate eliminate some of the barriers to entry, it's likely going to grow at a much faster pace than what we had seen in previous years. And I think Arrive yep. was a big catalyst to that alongside and paired very closely with AIM, who was trying to do the same thing at the same time. So when we made that transition to the new management team, I joined the team at AIM really to focus on partnership development and expanding um, before I joined, there were a handful of lenders that had been very engaged with AIM from the very beginning, but building out a vendor network that allowed people to have access to enterprise level solutions that have been available in retail for decades, but had never really been made available to brokers and small business owners that are spread out across the country. And so we started building out partnerships, started engaging with other lenders and vendors on the sponsorship side, educating them on the opportunity that existed in wholesale. Um, and as you mentioned, it was relatively short lived in that role before I stepped in as the interim CEO and then eventually took the role full time. Um, about 15 months ago, last January. So it's been almost two years since I stepped into the interim role um, and a little over a year since I took the role officially. That is a meteoric rise <laughs> in leadership <laughs> of, of, of a very sad. large organization. Yeah, that yeah. is really, really awesome. Congratulations. So Thank you. 
tell me a little bit, um, you know, I, I know that there's things that you really value. Diversity is something you value. Um, you know, ethical leadership is something you really value. Talk a little bit about some of the things that you value as a leader and some of the things that you're incorporating in your leadership style, not only to lead AIM as an organization, but just to represent to the mortgage community, um, you know, the power of leadership. Yep. So I went to, I was very lucky. I was able to attend Pepperdine University out in California. And one of the key principles of the business school there is servant leadership. And it's something that I truly believe in to my core. Um, A lot of people, you know, I think there is something to be said about being able to work alongside and to show people that doing what's right is what's best, even if it's not what's easiest. Um, And so that's something that I try to weave into everything that we do and the way that we build teams. And I have a lot of theories about how you can build teams and leveraging people's skill sets and developing people in different areas. But I think combining my background as an athlete and as, you know, being the definitely never the most talented on the team, but often the one that could see where everyone else's skills lied and how we could pull those together to be the most effective on the court at the time. Um, And then being able to attend Pepperdine and learning more about servant leadership and understanding the impact that it can have not only on your own team, but on other people that are engaging with your work externally and seeing what you're doing and how you're leading uh, has sort of turned itself into my, my motto that I give to our team all the time and the way that I would describe my leadership style is it's a lot of grit, but a lot of grace. And I think those are two things that are really important um, in the way that you approach leading people. I think there's something to be said about being competitive and digging in and wanting to build something that you're really proud of and wanting to do that with people who you care about and you're invested in and that you believe in and that hopefully you can see go and do the same thing beyond you in the future. Uh, But I also think it's really important to remember that not everybody's had the same experiences or the same access and being graceful oftentimes leads to more productive conversations than approaching them with, um, just a different tone. And I think there's grace doesn't mean quiet. It doesn't mean that you have to be passive. Uh, Passive is certainly not the way that anybody would describe me, that's for sure. Uh, But I think it's, it's approaching things that could be contentious with an attempt to understand. It's the believe the best in somebody else until they've given you a reason not to. And when you approach things that way, even if there is a misunderstanding or a misalignment or um, a difference of opinion, you can often find a middle ground a lot faster. And I think that's been really important to your point. It has been pretty quick. Um, I'm not going to say that I'm the most experienced person in the industry. There have been people who have been doing this a lot longer than I have, but I think being able to build bridges and close gaps that have existed and understanding how we can leverage everyone's skill set to get to a relationship or a contract or an agreement in a way that everybody's satisfied with just opens the door for more opportunity moving forward. So that's a a long-winded way of saying, I think the grit and the grace are, they're good balances to one another. And I think it's something unique that um, that I can bring to the table and understanding both sides of it, but also finding a way to help people know that even if you're not on my team today, that doesn't mean that we can't be on the same team at some point in the future. And how do we leverage each other's skills and resources in a way that's going to make us both more productive moving forward? I absolutely love that. I, I mean, that was such a great articulation of, 
uh, of leadership. And, you know, it's interesting. I, I love the fact that we're on here together because we both think the same way in, when it comes to these things. We, mm-hmm. You're probably familiar with our whole our whole uh, business, Mortgage Champions, is built around the whole other's first mindset. It's, you know, yep. do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in all things with humility, value others above yourself, looking out for their interests. That's servant leadership. And you said it so well. I love I loved the, the statement of grit plus grace. Okay, that was a drop the mic. Mike's statement right there is having enough grit to be direct with people and yep. be honest and truthful, but enough grace to also understand human beings are human beings. And you know what? None of us are perfect. We're all trying to figure it out and exactly. we're working through this thing together. So seeing exactly. you with that kind of mindset in a leadership role like you are today with the responsibilities you have, I love it. This this is just, it, it really gives me a lot of joy to hear that. So Tell me a little bit, let's talk about how you apply that on a daily basis. And let's talk a little bit about the marketplace. And by the way, I I know that you said there's something you wanted to share, a story you wanted to share. You got my curiosity beat before we started talking. So I want to hear about that too. But I want to hear a little bit about, you know, we're in a really tough marketplace today uh, from the vantage point of the way people see it. I see it as a very opportunistic marketplace. Uh And I know, you know, it's going to be a strong purchase year this year. You've got to really have a great A game this year leadership is absolutely critical um, and approaching the market is, is really important right now from the right standpoint. Yeah. Give me some perspective from your manage point on what you're, what you're talking about as a industry leader when it comes to today's marketplace and how to really succeed in it. Yeah, we our channel in particular. So for those that don't know, AIM is the association that represents mortgage brokers. So we are specific to one origination channel as opposed to the whole, but I think it's the same message across the board. And we've been talking to our members for the last couple of years, even before rates dipped and going into 2020, quite frankly, it was, you have to be ready for a more competitive environment. You need to focus on relationships. You need to focus on experiences and creating raving fans that are going to help do the work for you to get your name out there, get your brand out there and make sure that you have a consistent pipeline flowing in when opportunity arises, that you're not having to spend as much time developing in the future. If you're taking the time with every client that you're working with today, those are going to grow exponentially into larger opportunities moving forward. And I think most of our members did a really great job of not ever leaving those relationships behind by being tempted with the low hanging fruit when rates were really low. They were working crazy hours like everybody was trying to keep up with the refi boom, but they never let the relationships with their referral partners, with the real estate agents in their area or their title partners, or even builders in some cases, they never let those things fall to the wayside. And so now they have those relationships in place. And if they don't, a lot of what we're talking about is creating those relationships in your local market, really digging into community investment and community development, because that's where the opportunity is going to come from. Um, There is a housing shortage. Everybody is aware of that. We've got lots of stories where we hear people say, I have five pre-approved buyers that are bidding on the same house. Only one of those five can win. What do I do with the other four? Um, I think our 
our message is going to continue to be and consistently be build a raving fan every time with every person that you touch during that transaction. Make sure the customer experience from the first time that you engage with someone or the first time they engage with your brand all the way through closing and even transferring into the servicing space, right? Be the expert, be the resource that somebody knows they can rely on. And then make sure that you're asking for those referrals throughout the process. Ask for reviews, ask for referrals, ask the seller's agent, if they know anybody else that you can work with and create those opportunities for yourself in the local space where you are already seen as the expert, shortage is going to normalize over time. Rates are going to normalize at some point. Um, But this really is the the people who've invested over the last couple of years and the people who invest in their relationships today are the ones that are going to win. And they're the ones that are going to have sustainable models that they can continue to grow into. And I I'm happy to say and excited to say that we see that from a lot of our members. They're in a position to be able to grow through a contracting market. They're not looking at laying people off. They're not trying to slow down their hiring process. In fact, it's quite the opposite because they have so many relationships they've nurtured the last couple of years that need even more time and attention today in such a competitive landscape. So you said so many things in there that that I that I want to unpack, and the one that I really like the most, you know, it's interesting when I look at your background because you clearly have a great technological mind. You 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 helped in the process of building uh, arrive, so that there, there you've got that tech background, but you talk so much about relationship, mm-hmm. and and you know that that's that to me is the sweet spot in today's marketplace is understanding how to take those two things and merge them, how to merge really good technology to create ease and efficiency for your customers and for your partners and for the people you're working with, along with the relational aspect of just being that advisor, that creating those raving fans, building the long-term relationships. You know, it's it's the missing link in the marketplace today that yep. a lot of people are missing is they either go too heavy on one side or the other, and they're not merging those two together. Yep. Um and I love how you even brought in your sports background. I know that you, you'd actually went to school for sports broadcasting. Did you not? I did. One I did. <laughs> Please cool. don't try to dig up any of those videos. They are well <laughs> hidden to my note. Nobody's been able to find them and we can keep it that way. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make sure we don't do any of that. But, you know, bringing in that, that kind of competitive mindset with the relational side, with the technology side, and really focusing on just creating a clientele between your customers, your, your your partners, everybody you're working with so that you've got that long-term standing loyalty and relationship, I think is absolutely critical to success in today's marketplace. Because look, at the end of the day, rates are going to do what rates are going to do. People are going to buy homes no matter what. I mean, I started the business in 1983 when rates were 17.5%. It never stopped yep. us from closing loans. We even exactly. did refinances at that rate, believe it or not. Now, I know that was ages ago because I'm an old old guy, but you know what? Nonetheless, it, it, it doesn't really matter. People are going to buy. The American dream stays yep. the same. We can really change people's lives, even refinances. If you do them right in this marketplace and you're leveraging debt and helping people get out of debt and helping people reduce terms and doing all the right things, you can create a substantial difference in the financial life of your customers through a mortgage transaction, especially in an economy that's tough like it is today. So I love how you spoke about that. Well, it's the like work smarter, not harder, not to throw a cliche out there, but that's really what it is. It, it doesn't make a ton of sense. If I'm a basketball player, for me to go out and run nine miles a day and be a great long distance runner is not going to truly make me a better basketball player. I need to be running sprints and I need to understand how that's going to influence my game and where the the power takeoff and building out technical skills 
being a great cross country runner doesn't make me a great basketball player. Um, and we tell our teams all the time. And a lot of the members that I talk to who are afraid to invest in the technology space, because it can be intimidating and it can be scary. And I do think there are a lot of originators out there that are afraid. They're afraid of being automated out of the market, right? And being replaced by technology yeah. over time. Automation doesn't replace you. Automation allows you to do more than what you're already doing, but it's never going to replace the relationship that you've developed. So yeah. leveraging it to be able to do more in a more effective manner or to create a better experience than what you can offer today doesn't mean that you can't or shouldn't be involved. You have to still be involved. You're the person that they trust. They don't trust the computer. They trust you. It's one of the right. biggest decisions that someone's going to make in their entire life. They trust you. They trust the brand. They don't trust the technology. So leveraging that to allow you to do more in a shorter period of time so that you can create stronger experience for everyone without driving yourself into the ground or to scale if scaling is the thing that you want to do, if you want to build out a larger team um, and to be able to help a larger group of people find the areas that you don't enjoy and find ways to automate those. Focus on the stuff that you're good at and the things that you like doing and automate the rest of it and make your life easier and create an experience that people, again, they're going to go and rave about because those are the things that are going to set you apart. As great as it is to say, I can handle it all on my own. Okay, but are you? how much time are you spending doing something that's not generating any revenue and it's not adding to the client experience? Because if you're not doing one of those two things, you're doing something that can probably be automated. If you just spent a little bit of time mapping out your process and understanding where those bottlenecks exist and the tools that are out there today, any business of any size can leverage. But we have 40 partners in our Brokers Are Better network of vendors that are out there that provide services that three or four years ago were only available for larger enterprise companies out there that are now available for somebody who's a one-person shop if they want to leverage it. You just have to take a little bit of time to invest it. And it's the, the constant battle of working on your business versus in your business and what do you need to do and how do you find the right yeah. balance. But Technology shouldn't be scary and automation shouldn't be something that people shy away from. It should be something that enhances what you're able to offer your customers so that they're doing more of the work for you over time. I, I loved what you said in there. You, you made a great quote in there when you said, if you're not doing things that are either creating revenue or building relationships, then automate those. Why are yeah. you doing those things? Yeah. And you know, it, you're, you're dead on with that. I, I've said this my entire career that what separates top producers from medium producers and low producers is simply what they do with the 24 hours are given. Yeah. <laughs> That's really what it comes yeah. down to. It's yeah. how they use it. If you use it wisely and you identify those things that are repetitious, that automation's created for, let that automation do that job, but don't use automation for the things that are intended to be done by us as humans. You cannot yeah. build a relationship through automation. You build a relationship through connection with human beings, through yeah. conversation with other people. You can't do it on a text message and you can't do it on an email. It's got to be a human connection. But if you use your automation properly, you really do untap the power of this industry that we live in where there is so much great technologies today that can be utilized, but they only become powerful when you remember, and you said it yourself, 
This is the largest single financial transaction people usually make in their lifetime. It, yep. It's the one where they're going to want a trusted advisor to work with. And I know that's what you stand for. And I know that's what AIM stands for. And, 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 and I couldn't agree more with that, that mindset. Hey there, all your listener, producer Jake here. Thank you so much for listening to the public version of this episode featuring AIM's CEO and Housing Wire Woman of Influence, Katie Sweeney. Since taking the corner office at AIM, Katie has led several strategic initiatives to strengthen AIM's offerings to its members, partners, and the industry as a whole. There is so much to learn from Katie's model leadership and even strategic insight into how each of us can and should think about serving the stakeholders in our own businesses. So here's what I need you to do. If you want to listen to the full episode, just visit DaleFromLane.com forward slash Diamond Club to join a members only club that has exclusive access to the full length conversations Dale hosts with incredible guests just like Katie. As a member, you'll not only get your own personalized feed to listen to Betting Thousand, your favorite podcasting app, but access to the full video interview. Plus, you'll gain access to transcripts, blog posts, and more. Become a Diamond Club member today by visiting DaleFromLane.com forward slash Diamond Club. Thanks for listening. Batting a Thousand is a production of Mortgage Champions, a company that's been transforming the people who transform companies since 1995. Have a suggested topic or guest? Contact my team on Twitter. That's at Dale Vermillion or tweet us using the hashtag batting1000. That's hashtag batting1000.